and welcome to Couple Skate. This is the third start of this particular episode. Uh, We've I, already gone through all of our intro material. Yeah, so it was gold. Sorry you missed it. I'm sorry. It was my best stuff to date. Um, yeah, people are always like, where's the comedy? Where's the funny parts? Well, we did those. Yeah, we did now- that before you get here. <laughs> then we just complain, usually for about two hours, as what I need from this. So you're welcome to listen, but I'm here to complain. Uh, I'm Emma Arnold. And I'm Pidge. And uh, we haven't done this, and we just decided. And why is that, Emma? Um, Because... I had COVID. Because oh, oh, <laughs> uh, we all had COVID. Our whole family, Alex got it, and then Arthur got it, and then I got it. So we've basically been out of commission for like a month and a half and pretty sick. And we were going to do this last week on Friday, yeah. but I um, and I was out of quarantine and it had been two weeks uh, since I'd been sick, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't get out of bed still. I was still very sick. So we postponed and I'm better now, but even talking right now I'm a little winded and um yeah it's been uh, it's been miserable it's been my I lost my sense of taste and smell which let's just pause for a minute and talk about that I cannot believe having experienced for that for two weeks how cavalier people are about losing their taste I can't either and you know that was the thing that Dave said to me he when he found out you were sick or somebody else because we like simultaneously knew (laughs) 10 vaccinated people who were sick with COVID at the exact same time and he was like, why are people not making a big deal out of that? And I'm like, exactly. That's the only thing in my entire life that keeps me going. Yeah. Is my sense of taste and smell. It's like, I only had it for two weeks. And there was a point where um, I was eating a chocolate cinnamon bear. And I started to get weepy because it had no taste at all. And like Alex was very sweet and made all these delicious things. He made like homemade enchiladas and all these like lovely food and desserts and stuff. And I couldn't taste any of it. Oh, fuck and that. it was so depressing. And I had coffee with a friend the other day who had he had COVID back in des- last December and his taste has still not returned. And he has lost no so much weight. He oh was al- he was always like a pretty muscular guy and like works out a lot, but like had a little bit of a tummy. And he is so skinny. And he was like, yeah, I don't eat anything because it's like very unpleasant to eat when it doesn't taste like anything. And like that's nerve damage is what that is. Yeah. And I my taste has come my taste and smell has come mostly back. But my lips were completely numb for about a week. Like when you come back from the dentist and it's like, you know, it feels like you got two little uh, pillows on your mouth and. Even oh. that, I was like, this seems more serious than like people are just like, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I just got some nerve damage, you know, that's fine. It's just your brain. You know, it's like, seems like that if, if I had lost my taste for a year, I would be devastated. And he was, he was said or he'd been pretty depressed. Long? He doesn't know how long. Yeah. He said, he said he had said it for himself that he was like, it's going to come back ne- next. It's going to come back in December. And I was like, how do you know? And he's like, I just have to believe it. Like, I just have to think to myself, it's coming back in December. And I was like, yeah, I can see that. Because Alex's was gone for about a month. And same, he just was like, it's so depressing not being able to taste anything. So and that's, that's finally, finally, ca- me, same. Yeah, yesterday I had four tacos because <laughs> he made these delicious tacos. And I like couldn't stop eating them just because I was so happy that I could finally taste them again. I was just like, oh, <gasps> so. it terrifies me. It's really this, one of the scariest things for me about covid yeah i mean other than dying but i i uh i'm vaccinated and i also got my booster oh you got your booster yay yeah both dave and i did my parents came back from a trip to oregon and you know they're both in their 70s and they this was like 
prior to them recommending the boosters to people who've had it. But see, we got it so early, all of us. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking like, well, it's worn off. And so before they even like authorized it, I just, Dave and I just went down to Walgreens and we just, they said, well, you know, like, are you a, you know, I don't know, what is a protected class or something? And Dave's like, I work in medical construction with anti-vaxxers. Yeah. And they're like, great. Great. Fine. Sounds (laughs) good. Here's your third booster. Yeah. Here's your booster. And, um. Because, you know, he's just terrified. Everybody still is unvaxxed where he works. And so I just decided we had gotten it early. So it was time. And also there's just apparently piles and piles of vaccines in Idaho yeah. that aren't getting used at all. That's what the pharmacist told me was that. So it's mine. I'm yeah. getting it. That's, he was like, we're just throwing this away. It's yeah. just terrible. I got mine back in January and I was kind of having the same thing. And I feel like it was timed well because Alex got sick and then I was like, fuck, I feel like I should go get a booster. Um, and they had just come out with it, like saying, okay, if you're immunocompromised, go ahead. So I went in and was like, hey, I I am, I have immune issues. And they were like, sure. So I got my booster. And then I did get sick a week later because I don't think it had time to fully right. ramp up. But I feel like my body was already in like full antibody produ- production yeah. when I got sick because I did get really sick. And it was always, we always were kind of like, man, if I get Delta, I'm going to get pretty sick. And yeah. I did. But I could feel that my body f- for once was actually like really fighting something off, you know, and like going after it. So, but it was, it was very miserable. And that's one of the things like people are like, I, I feel like vaccinated people, especially in Boise, we saw a lot of this last couple weeks with the festivals and stuff. People have been like, I'm vaccinated. I don't have to care. And it's like, like it still took a month and a half out of our life. Like, yeah, nobody died, which thank God for right. the vaccines. And, and just the but... inconvenience of like scheduling everything or not going to work or like whatever. Being I, I don't. I feel only that I'm just safe from not dying, but I'm certainly not safe from uh, all the other awful things that come with whatever yeah. this is. You know, like oh, the fact that your kids in school and now they're not in school, and you know, yeah. And I know like, so many people who, like your family, the whole family got sick. And I did know just the same week you were sick, two uh, women in their late 70s, early 80s, fully vaccinated, go to the emergency room. And um, so their family, fully vaccinated, brought it into them. And it's just like, yeah, you're just not, you're just not safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the vaccines, I mean, they've given people... I. I'm it's I'm so grateful and I'm so grateful we were all vaccinated because out of the five of us three of us got very sick and Calvin and Henry never got sick so that's great that's the vaccine right there also but we did quarantine immediately like the second uh, uh, Alex got sick he was fully quarantined and we did the same thing with me and Arthur so we were careful to not just like spread it to them um but yeah, it I, it is kind of people have acted like oh well it's no big deal but like I know several people um right now who were sick a couple who had were sick like last month with covid or a couple weeks ago with covid who were having like pretty major symptoms and i have a friend who's having like really major long haulers who was fully vaccinated before this was completely healthy now is having like a whole bunch of different immune system stuff and i have a couple friends with that who are like having now that's what i think people don't understand about like you that can happen to you with the flu like you can end up with like gi issues from the flu that are ongoing for a very long time like it's not 
Just because I don't know also the way everybody acted shot. was like it's it's fine. We're it'll be <laughs> like you saw like one group of people be like I'm never getting vaccinated, and then and those are those people, and then the next group was like the fully vaccinated progressive people who are like now that I'm vaccinated, I don't have to give a fuck about anything ever again in my whole life. Right. And you're like, no, we still should be careful. We should still be thinking about this. It's still a pandemic, but I don't know. It's been a weird couple of weeks to have. It was very weird to have COVID during tree fort and be sort of like knowing already a lot of people who are sick and then watching people like just down in these tight indoor rooms with no masks and then having at the same time everybody in tree fort telling you how careful and safe they're being and you're like oh my god i love being skull fucked like this cognitively i love uh just like the the constant gaslighting of how fine everything is so we can keep capitalism chugging along yeah, I canceled all my Tree Fort events. I was so relieved. I was like, you guys will get so fucking sick if you do that. Yeah. Well, even if I don't get sick, even if, you know, 95% of the people at my events don't get sick. Um, but that was the weekend. The weekend before was the weekend that I knew these two women who went into the into the emergency room. And then we're, you know, both of... So I know the the granddaughters of both of these women... And both of them were explaining to me how terrifying it was yeah. to know that their grandmothers were trying to get care. One grandmother didn't want to go, didn't think they would let her in. They had to call around to try and get the whatever, the monoclonal, whatever. Yeah. They had to call different hospitals. And she just was like, it was terrifying to my family. And I'm like, so... 99% of the people don't get sick. Great. But then there's somebody that potentially I'm the reason that they're having this terrifying, traumatic experience with their grandma. No, thanks. Yeah. yeah. No, thanks. Don't want that. It was already enough for me to feel horrible for this person that they had to go through this, let alone have that on my back. That's exactly how I felt about doing shows during all this. You know, this summer we did the outdoor shows, which were fully outside, fully vaccinated, and then we had one last show coming up before we got COVID that was fully vaccinated outside and I was going to have people wear masks and we were limiting the crowd size. And uh, then we got COVID and I had to cancel it anyway. But it was also like almost a relief in a way because I was like so torn between because I had an out of town head headliner coming up who was counting on the money. And I ended up just calling him and being like, uh, we have COVID, so it's like a not issue. And I'll just, I can pay for your flight and stuff, but like, just don't come up here. It's terrible up here. And uh, yeah, I never wanted that on me. And I know, I know a lot of the vaccinated people I've heard, uh, it's sucked, honestly, to watch vaccinated people sort of uh, start sort of absorbing the, the rhetoric that was the anti-vaxxer, you know, not anti-masker rhetoric in the beginning of like, it only affects old people. It only affects you know, immunocompromised people or or even just being like, well, unvaccinated people can die. And um, I don't think that because somebody has a shitty political opinion or is too dumb to understand the the research on vaccines that they deserve to die. And I know it sucks for vaccinated people. I know that it sucks that we are at a point right now in Idaho. It's funny because people watching this in other places are like, what? It's not, <laughs> if you're in LA, if you're in Vermont, it's not like that here, okay? Like we have the lowest 
uh, vaccination rate in the country. We have no mask culture, anti-mask culture. People are burning masks every weekend as at parties on down at the Capitol. And we're like, scoffing at you because you're wearing one when you go to the grocery store. Yeah, and like it's so different here. And like I know that it sucks. Like a lot of the tree fort argument was like we're vaccinated. We should be able to like live our lives. And I'm like, yeah, it sucks that we've been responsible for a year and a half. And now to protect people who won't get vaccinated, you need to be responsible for another six months. Like that does suck. I agree. But the alternative is 47 people died the other day. You know, like we're having on average 30 deaths a day here. And I I'm not okay with that. Like I've been really devastated by that. By like kid like you're you're reading these stories about like kids who both parents died or people's grandparents are dying or like I I just am not even if somebody's an anti-vaxer, I'm not okay with them dying. And I know that's sort of almost become a weirdly unpopular opinion and during Tree Fort I just sort of had this realization of like Idaho is so far right that even our progressives have been dragged really pretty far towards the right you know like the idea that you can call yourself a progressive and still be like it only kills the unvaccinated which is also children as part of that group which we're not having a lot of kids die but like yesterday there were five children in the icu and that is a really traumatizing experience Mm -hmm. like i don't it's I want I need to just, I guess, live in a country like New Zealand or Denmark, who's like, we're not leaving anybody behind, you know, and mm. they're just like willing to go to like dress like it's we're sort of made fun of like here, like you're uh, people scoff at you for wearing a mask. And it's like you're sort of I felt very like the tree fort people were sort of like very dismissive and um, I don't know almost sort of mocking of people who were like I don't think we should be contributing to this I don't think you can call yourself a progressive person and also be okay with like our ICUs being completely full and and like two two heads of ICUs of two major hospitals being like cancel your festival and they're like well we think it's fine it's like you're as bad as the people who don't trust science and don't trust doctors if when two heads of two different ICUs tell you to cancel your festival and you're like well the nurses I talked to who are my buds said to go for it and it's like you're that's doing your own research you're fucking doing that and um yeah I was very upset about all that and I'm very it's not just tree for it it's the people at the BSU games it's a lot of people who are otherwise progressive who have kind of just like they're bored of it and they're not being any better now than the people like yes you're vaccinated thank god and i'm glad for that but you're not wearing a mask you're going you're going to indoor venues spreading it around who are you know i'm so upset about all that Mm -hmm. and i was so also i cried i cried for like a week solid just it's been so fucking hard to not only watch the far right in our in our state act so terrible but then to watch progressive people sort of lump in with that and to watch people you thought you respected and trusted lie and gaslight people and um i don't it's and and also just ultimately at the end of the day be like yeah people will die and we don't fucking care and i care and that's why i haven't done indoor shows and that's why even after everybody got vaccinated i was like well i'm just going to be careful because we don't want this delta thing is like because and I hate that it's become corny or like like somehow it's I'm wrong I'm wrong that I don't want people to die of this preventable disease and then I'm willing to make sacrifices 
for the next six months to year to make sure that we eradicate this and get everybody vaccinated and, you know, be as careful as we possibly can. Like, I'm sorry I wasn't able to numb myself to death and suffering in my own community so you could go watch live fucking music. From a band that you never have even heard of. Our our fucking local (laughs) band that you could see anytime, you know, like I, I, and there was a whole lot of like, well, you know, these people, you know, people have to make a living and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm one of those people. I'm living that fucking issue right now. I've had to revamp my entire career, my entire way of doing my job into ways that I can do so that I'm not putting people at risk. And, and also to be like, well, you know, like the the bar staff need the money and blah, blah, blah. Like, what about when I have friends who are bar staff right now who are sick, who have COVID? Uh, very funny to me also after Tree Fort. I know so many people who are asking about testing and who are sick, but everybody's being very quiet about it. Nobody on social media is like, oh, shit, I got it at Tree Fort. Like, of course I did. Everybody's being very mom about it. And I just feel like, are, are they paying for two weeks for people to miss two weeks of work when they get COVID? Is Tree Fort handling that? Instead, they're acting like, no, we did this huge service. And it's like, I wish, I wish that Tree Fort had just been like, yeah, it's fucking dangerous. We have to do it or we're going to go out of business. Uh, but we are, we acknowledge that it's probably not the safest thing because what they did instead was be like, it's perfectly safe. We're taking all the precautions. Then they didn't take a lot of those precautions. They didn't have the volunteer staff to actually enforce a lot of those precautions. And and then when people were like me, were like, hey, I'm seeing a lot of venues that aren't masked. We're like, no, you're not. Nope. Everybody's wearing masks. Everybody I saw was wearing a mask. Like, that's fucked up. That's fucked up and it's lying. And I don't know, the whole thing probably, I Go mean. Go inside. Go inside. Guys, 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 I'm, I'm ranting. Um, the whole thing you know, I was a part of that organization for a lot of years and am close with a lot of the people who either used to run it or run it. And I have put a lot of time and energy into it and to, to watch them be so dismissive of people and not, not listen to people was very heartbreaking. It was really frustrating. I was, I was deeply fucked up over the way that like they talked to people and responded to people during that week it was very upsetting and then you got covid and then i got fucking covid (laughs) yeah and then i got fucking and i had covid all during that week so i was just like laid out and like i was never like scared i was never scared but i had a couple of nights where like i was laying on my stomach and i couldn't breathe and i was coughing and coughing so hard and like couldn't get a full breath and i i was never like I mean, honestly, if if we lived in a different state, I might have gone to the hospital because I was like scared a couple times about like my oxygen being a little low and like being like, oh, I can't really breathe. I but knowing like how the state of the ICU, I wasn't going to go clog it up with my fully vaccinated ass. So I just stayed at home and felt like shit. And also I have a lot of medical personnel in my family that I was checking in with and making sure that I wasn't like dangerous. But like, um, I don't know. Just yeah, that sucked to just be like not able to breathe and then and knowing that there are like tons of people in that and and seeing the I probably will cry telling you this, but I've been doing these shows um uh a couple months ago uh 
some family practitioners asked me if I would be willing to do a show for their like monthly meeting. It's like um, via Zoom, they have like a big staff wide meeting um, and to do a little comedy just to like raise morale because things have been so bleak. And I was like, yeah, sure, I could do that. And I did that and um, people seemed to really appreciate it. And I got tons of messages afterward. And I was like, well, shit, I should just do these. So I tweeted out that I was willing to do it um, for any medical staff or health, like mental health staff or whatever, um, that I would do these zoom shows. So I've been doing those and, uh, they are, they have been heartbreaking. <laughs> like the messages I've gotten afterward or even during, during the chat, like, you know, I had one doctor who sent me a thing that was just like, ah, like, thank you so much. For, I mean, I am literally doing like 15 minutes clean comedy, uh, before people do their like regular like morning meeting before like for hospitals for health clinics for mental health professionals like just a bunch of these different things and for free by the way and if you want me to do that for your hospital whatever just get in touch with me um, and just like the messages like I had somebody be like I have not smiled in three months thank you so much that was the first time I've smiled in so long and and the messages from people just telling me like how low their morale is. Like one woman was like, I saw four people die yesterday, you know? And I don't know, it's sort of funny to me that to be deeply affected by that makes you like a loser, you know? Um, and it made me very upset with the head of Treefort who was like, I've been talking to a lot of medical professionals um, so I, and they want us to do this. I'm like, really? Because the medical professionals I have been talking to, which is a lot of people have been like, I can't fucking believe they're going to do the football games. I can't believe people aren't taking this seriously when they're having people like even the kid's dad flies life flight. And he was telling us they are so busy right now. And just helicopters constantly. Yeah. I mean, he flies, I live right next to St. Al's. And, he, and it's just constant helicopters. Yeah. And he said he's they've never been this busy. And he's worked there for a decade. And he said y y at the peak last year of COVID in December, they had have like he would have like personally one co one person he flew a week die ish. And he's been having four or five a day people fly. And he's like, these are not only old people. Some of them are just like young people, blood clot, dead. And he's he is deeply affected by it. And you know, just ha having talked to so many medical people who are so burnt out and so exhausted, I just can't believe that we're in Idaho, that we're just blowing them off, you know, that we're just like, well, we want to, we want to do what we want to do. So like, sorry. Well, and it's we've like, blown off the teachers. We've blown off yeah. the school administration. We've blown off the school boards. We've blown off yeah. uh, local health departments. We've blown off just every single one. But in my experience... It's only if these people have a personal experience. You know, Dave works with this guy who for the entirety of the pandemic has said, it's a hoax. I don't believe it. I trust my own immune system. I'm not getting vaccinated. You can't make me wear a mask. Guess what? His wife, who is immunocompromised, got COVID really, really bad, had to go to the emergency room Guess who's changed his tune? Well, at least and it's changed. like Jesus. 18 months, yeah. dude. Really? You're that short sighted that your own wife, you know, they have five kids. Like it Jesus. took that. That is pathetic. That is completely pathetic. If you can't even extrapolate what is happening in your community 
to consider that it to may... knowing that somebody's wife is dying. Yeah, you know that's someone's wife, that's somebody's mom, and even if they weren't, even if they had no one in the world, their life fucking matters, and especially like how ableist this whole thing has been how ageist just like it only kills old people i fucking like a lot of old people and i and like the it only kills disabled people and especially now that we're in critical standards of care and those people are the first people to get dropped off the rolls of care it's it's so you cannot call yourself a progressive and not care that that disabled people are dying at a ridiculous rate during this pandemic like you just can't fucking do that and yeah it's and then we, then you're hearing stories of people who like their wife did get sick and they're in the hospital like trying to fight the doctor because yeah. they're like give her the ivermectin you know yeah. like so many of the medical staff i had some so we tried to get dewormer for the fucking cat <laughs> do you want to know how hard it is this isn't even the same dewormer oh my this god this is like a cat dewormer it's not and a horse <laughs> It was like we had to get it from some shady online because Dave kept going to DNB and I'm like, make sure you have your mask on. Make sure they know. Like, yeah. Show a picture of the cat. <laughs> bring the worms in so that they know you're not. You don't yeah, want them thinking you're one of these sold people. Out. We couldn't even figure it out for like a week. I was like, why is it so hard to get cat dewormer? And then I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, right. It's because it doesn't exist. And the vaccine vaccine is hoax. But somehow horse dewormer is yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Which is made by the same pharmaceutical company? Wait, what? So anyway, hope your cat doesn't have worms. <laughs> I hope so too. But... <laughs> it's causing me a shit ton in cat food because I can't deworm the fucking cat. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And like that was I had some jokes about that stuff because I have I that said I did ended up building into in the beginning, I was just kind of doing jokes, but then the stuff people were telling me after shows and in the chat and stuff, and after the show, I, I was like, it's, it, some of it is so wild, the way people are treating healthcare professionals right now. Like, one of the jokes I have is how my, one of my relatives is a doctor, and she, her, uh, she's a general practitioner, and she's like, you don't know how many of my patients, like, when I'm like, oh, okay, so are you vaccinated for COVID? They're like... I don't have to tell you that I got HIPAA. I got HIPAA. And she's like, I'm HIPAA. Like I'm your HIPAA. Uh, Who else are you going to tell? Like you're, I'm like the one person. And she's even like, has anybody who is vaccinated didn't decline to, to give their, no, no, of course not. I would be like, here's my card. Do you want to see my husband's card? How about my child's card? Like, let me tell you about my experience (laughs) with the pharmacist. Do you want me to tell you that I had a sore arm the first day and then had brain fog on the second one? (laughs) Like there's nobody who's vaccinated that's hiding that information. That is another one. Like the, (sighs) the numbness and the losing your taste that I can't believe people are being so, so cavalier about because I have had such weird brain fog (laughs) i have been so spacey okay let's just do an example this is a simple one today before the show i went to go put on my makeup and it was such a disaster that i had to take fully off like you know with like makeup remover start over because while i was like high school getting ready for prom guess i'm starting Starting over (laughs) i had to start fully over i should why didn't i take a picture i why didn't you, you? Why didn't you just come? Oh no! Come it, on. I, I had have green eyeshadow out to here, and I had lipstick. It's Halloween, Mom. I, I should have just been like, "This is where we're at." 
Uh, I wore a costume. It, I was such a, but it was partly just because like while I was doing my makeup, I just feel so tired and I feel so like. <laughs> so you put on green eyeshadow oh, out to no. here because you were tired? I was, I <laughs> This it, isn't holding up. No, I thought it would make me look perked up. Okay, because when I was, oh. Right, you, because green erases red. Right. Yeah, that's a notorious, <laughs> and I'm, I'm clearly a, a winter color palette, but. No, I. I did the thing, so I looked really rough this morning because I'm still not feeling great and I had big bags under my eyes and I just looked like very puffy and rough. So I did the thing where you're like, more makeup will fix this and it never does. It never looks better. But also, and I want to know if this is universally true. I feel like this is true of all women. I have two mirrors in my house. All women, I think, have two mirrors and one makes you look like... like, yeah. Well, no, I mean like your makeup mirrors. Like you have two mirrors for getting ready, right? You have like, for me, it's my bathroom mirror and my bedroom mirror. And I bounce between the two because one makes me look like young Helen Mirren and one makes me look like Helen Mirren, but she died four months ago. And I like, I do makeup in one mirror and then I'm like, Jesus Christ. And then I go to the other one. I'm like, not too bad, not too bad. So I I did my makeup in the, the the good looking mirror. And then when I went to check, it was like green swoops and lipstick that I had put on part we like this lip was way bigger and I had to start over and this was the end result which came out okay but it was a real beautiful thank you I I I decided to dress up because you always look so cute this is never for the viewers at this point I'm never dolled up (laughs) for them do we have any um I never doll up for them anymore it's just because you always look so cute and then I'm in sweatpants and I'm like oh okay so I wore something you're forgetting the last 18 months but I did wear my art teacher smock I love this so I've decided Halloween pattern but I thought that it was I thought it was I mean it's appropriate for Halloween or maybe any other holiday or a parent-teacher conference. Parent-teacher conference. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there's this company called New Works NOO, and it's out of California, and it's women-owned, and they um, work with all of these women illustrators to design these prints, and I love the prints. They're completely obnoxious. Yeah, I love it. I have that shirt that has the knives all over it, mm-hmm. um, and so they have this this cut that's called the Art Teacher Smock. I love it. And Does it I've have pockets? Been, yeah, it has pockets. Oh, my gosh. And it's gold zippers. So it has a big pocket that I can put my chapstick in. Oh, nice. Um, and so I ordered one the other day and I was like, this might be my uniform. And yeah. they have, they just came out with this new print that's blue and then it has giant red lips all over it. I love it. They're actually mouths because they have teeth. So it's kind of creepy. And I actually emailed the company and I said, please tell me that you're making this in the art teacher smock. <laughs> I love this for <laughs> because you. I will be buying it, and they're like, "Yes, we are." Well, it's Give so us a couple cute. months. So it is so adorable on you, and Thanks. it just and everything. Your whole outfit today, I love it. I lo- I'm loving the hair color, and everything is the very hair cute. color is new. Also, and Dave picked it out at Fred Meyer. Oh, good job, Dave! <laughs> Did he do it for you? Does he do it for you? No, he doesn't oh. do it for me. But I was feeling a little bit like you know, every time fall comes around, I feel like my hair is the wrong color. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like I need a season change with my hair. Yeah, it's very fall. It is. I love it. (laughs) So it's a little, it's kind of a berry color. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't care because I can't really see it. It's very fun. And you do look very fall today. And also it's pouring rain. Loving the, yeah, the patio. You can see your breath. 
It's so nice that it's not 105 anymore. Ugh, it's yeah, it's pouring Can rain. Can you the, believe the I used to be a summer bitch? Can you believe I'm a summer that? bitch for sure, but not over 100 degrees for two months with nothing bitch. but smoke and you can't even go outside. Yeah, which was what we no, had. That's not summer. That's end of days. I used to. I used <laughs> I've to. I've never yeah. been an end of days bitch. <laughs> an apocalypse bitch. <laughs> I used to love summer and I'd be so sad like when it started cooling down and when the days would start getting shorter and. This week, I've just been like, God, I just... and But I also love... The fall is the best time of year. Anybody who doesn't agree, I don't know. I just don't even know what to do with that. Yeah, I don't see... I don't, I'm not a fall person, except this is pretty nice. But this is when I... It's just foreboding. Fall is foreboding for me. Is it? And especially in the pandemic, I'm like, oh, we're going to get trapped. We're going to get trapped in here. This is going to be trapped. Yeah, and, okay. But summer has been as trapped. No, summer... That's why maybe... I think I've... I think I was a summer bitch before and I think I'm like COVID has cracked me. It's broken me and I'm a winter bitch now. Like I used to have the same thing, a feeling of foreboding, even though I loved fall and I love all the stuff. I love Halloween and I love the corn maze and I love pumpkins and I love all of it. I would always kind of have that same feeling of like because I dread winter every year, especially here. And now I cannot wait. I just want it to be so cold and I just want to be bundled up with a sweater and I'm just going to watch Star Trek and drink Earl Grey tea all winter. I'm not doing anything else. I can't. I want to trap me. Trap me. I'm ready to be trapped. Bodhi was really cute the other day because he's always been a like he's solidly in the winter camp. He doesn't care about anything else but winter. And I'm always like, but it's so cold. Like. Motherfucker loves to wear flannel lined pants more than anybody I know. He has like a <laughs> pair of fleece pants that are, no, flannel pants that are fleece lined. Ooh. And I'm just like, oh, my crotch would just be so hot. <laughs> I don't like the hot crotch. But he was like, oh, I down. can't wait for Write that wearing. down, babe. <laughs> Pidge does not like the hot crotch. <laughs> it's not for me. I need breathability in my pants. <laughs> um, so he was like, so I said, well, what is it that you like about winter so much? What's the number one thing? And he said, guess. And I said, okay, snowmobiling. And he's like, no, that's in the top 10. And I said, skiing. And he said, no, that's in the top 10. And I said, sledding. And he said, no, that's in the top 10. And I was like, what the fuck does he like winter for? You know what he likes winter for? Sitting in the living room by a fire watching a movie with the family. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's so wholesome. And I was like, really? That's so sweet. This whole time I've been chiding him. I'm like, well, just wait till you're driving and it's treacherous on the roads and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, it's horrible. Yeah. Winter's horrible. And he's like, no, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Turns out it's because he likes cozying up in the living room. That's what I like. And I feel like uh, COVID has made me into such a cuddle bug. Like... Uh, that's what I want to do is I just want to have a fire and I want to be cuddled up on the couch and uh, I just want like a little thing of apple cider and yeah that's what I want to do summer's dead to me I don't care for summer I'm gonna I, we've been talking I want to live so far north I want to live somewhere that it's cold all the time maybe you're Alaska yeah I know I do uh. love I do love Alaska and I feel like the the lifestyle, I, I feel like I would be suited to it. Whenever I watch that show alone where they like drop people off and they're like, all right, you got to live out here. I was like, I'm always like, what a fun time. <laughs> what a great time. I like all the alone stuff. I, I like the yeah. like the isolation part of yeah. it. But I have to be able to get outside. Yeah. And that's what I worry about in the winter. Like somehow I'm not going to be able to see a horizon and be and move around. I I normally would feel like that, but this summer was so so smoky. Yeah, this and summer so hot was hideous. It was horrible. I feel like it's and they the said this is, now. This summer is 
probably the most mild summer we're gonna have yeah. going forward and yeah. i was like ah i'm out yeah me too i'm on it yeah i'm not i'm i'm a winter bitch now forever yeah. i think i'm gonna go live in the tundra somewhere siberia maybe mm, and just great. raise yaks or reindeer i think yaks are maybe more of a south asian thing <laughs> <laughs> anyway it'll be cold it'll be cold and i'll have I, I could never animals. live in Siberia because of that book that I read called Tiger that was all about man-eating tigers and how unbelievably crazy tigers are in Siberia. Really? Crazy. In Siberia? Oh. Yeah. Like, they will hunt you. Yeah. And they'll, like, find you and come back and come back and come back and then finally eat you. Wow. Yeah, it's terrifying. Well, I guess I have grizzlies and... Alaska. Yeah. I'm pretty scared of grizzlies. We bumped when we were living in Alaska. We bumped into grizzlies a couple times, just me and the kids, because I had when we lived there, I would have to carry Calvin in the backpack and Henry in the fronty pack because they were both babies. And then I would hike all over the place by myself. And a couple different times we bumped into grizzlies. And I never was like, oh, how neat. I was like, ah, like I oh, know yeah, if you no, live no, there, no, you, you probably are grizzlies. used to it and it's not. My brother's terrifying. a hunter and he hunts bears um, and he's terrified of grizzlies. And he's had a couple of interactions that have been like close to losing your life situations. And yeah, uh, I would I'm like, nah, fuck. not for me though. No, I would, I'm good. I would leave, leave a grizzly alone completely. A black bear, they're you're just like, get out of here. And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was just trying to get some huckleberries. She's <laughs> Louise. The blackbirds are the funniest creatures. I don't know how anybody kills them because they're just like giant Labradors. They're so scared of everything. Because the meat's real good. I don't like bear meat. We used to oh, eat it a lot when I was a kid. Meat. It's so greasy. I love bear meat. Well, oh. yeah. And then the fat is so good. That we we ate a lot of bear sausage and bear steaks and stuff when I was a kid. I'm I like elk and antelope. I will yeah. eat any uh, any amount of elk and antelope, but I hate venison and I don't like bear. Um, just not my not my thing. And venison, I it's so funny. Venison is like to me that tastes like bad childhood because we ate so much venison when I was a kid because we sustenance hunted it and I hate it. It smells off to me like any amount it's a, of it it's a little livery the the bear or the the bear the deer that Bodhi got last year which was like a yearling was really delicious having said that we ate the whole deer and uh i hope he doesn't go deer hunting this yeah. year <laughs> i know somebody gave me a bunch of venison and i felt too guilty to throw it away so i like made it into chili and like did all these things to try and mask it and every time we'd eat it I'd be like I ate it but yeah. if anybody wants to get me some antelope uh, or some elk I would eat that I would eat that for you yeah elk's my favorite but I don't know I don't know if we're gonna get any game this year we have a lot of vegetables to process yes so. you do you have the most impressive I almost quit Instagram the other day when it went down and I was like I've wanted to quit it forever and I don't really use it for work or promotion anymore or all that much um so I was like I think I could get away like I deleted my Facebook forever ago and I was like I think I could get away with deleting Instagram like professionally I don't think it would make much of a dent and but then I was like but I like to see Jocelyn's meals <laughs> like if you could just text me everything I could quit Instagram <laughs> but I do love to see what you're cooking because you're always making something wonderful from your garden like you made us peach preserves peach and what peach jalapeno peach jalapeno preserves which I literally hid from the kids 
And I've been like eating in well, secret. Well, I made that because you gave me all of those peaches that were about to die. Yeah. They were like on the edge peaches. And I was like, oh my God, I have to use these all up. And so I made. They're so good. So many peach things. But that turned out particularly good. And it, I've never and, had uh, that peach jalapeno jam. It was. I invented it. You did. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you could go right now on Google <laughs> and find a recipe for it. But I like um, sweet, spicy preserves jams that's kind of thing it's it's perfect With cheese like on a grilled cheese or and when i was some sick pork you brought me a lovely thing of soup and cheese cheddar jalapeno biscuits and peach jalapeno jam and uh my god that was amazing and it was like my, my taste was finally coming back and i i'm glad i waited because so i good. almost you know i wanted to make homemade stock because that's the only thing that's actually healing yeah and so but it took me a while to get to a weekend where I could make stock and then um, you were still like I can't taste anything I was like should I go to the effort of making her something that she's gonna torture her yeah that I'll just be like well this is delicious the texture is really interesting (laughs) it was perfect because I like my taste was coming back and then that jam is so spicy and so sweet and it was like it was perfect it was so perfect so yeah I've been eating it on every little thing and it's very very tasty very good good and you have when we were inside your house you have like 75 pounds of peppers in there it's just you're just the just queen lots of, of stuff yeah did you see i actually made chili ristras they're hanging oh in I the did. corners oh i saw the picture yeah those are yeah. so pretty so i because we have so many peppers i was like well you know in uh arizona everybody does the it's that's the sign of christmas is the red chili ristras oh yeah and i thought i have enough peppers that i could make some chili ristras are they just decorations or do you end up using them you can use them though i made one that's out of the chili negro which i think i'll probably use because i use that a lot in like salsas dried salsas but the one that i made with the anaheims which are kind of the traditional pepper you make them out of and they're they're green when you make the ristra and then they get like this hot vibrant red yeah and i think i might make that one a christmas decoration because it's just the most beautiful red yeah so pretty so festive yeah so you're so festive look at you you already have pumpkins i haven't done anything you well we grew these pumpkins these you grew yeah all those look at this look at this beast oh my god Wow, you have pumpkins. so many pumpkins. We grew a lot of pumpkins and they're like this big. <laughs> we got a little tiny pumpkins, but this is such a beaut. Look at this. That one is so heavy. I almost threw out my back lifting it up there, <laughs> it, which it's the same size as this orange pumpkin here. And this weighs half of what that thing weighs. That's like a lard pumpkin. Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> it's a, a it's color a big, of lard. Big lard pumpkin. <laughs> Well, I love it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Dave up- was really mad because he did a kind of a sort of a shoddy job planning the uh, garden this year. And he put the pumpkins like right in the middle. And I was like, you have to put them on the edge because they literally take over everything. They yeah. just crawl all over everything. So if you put them on the edge, you can kind of train them around. But we just had like pumpkin in the middle of everything. Yeah, that's and I did that with corn. Yeah, I put corn in front of every. I I was like not thinking, and I planted corn in front of everything. So then a bunch of our squash ended up dying because it wasn't getting any sun. And I was like, "Excellent farming, Arnold. You've only been doing this your whole life." Like as he was planting it, I went out there and I was like, "The you make a little mound," and I was like, "That's where you put the pumpkins." He's like, it's fine. I've been gardening my whole life. You think I don't know what I'm doing? And I was like, you clearly don't know what you're doing if you put pumpkins there. And oh, oh boy, was I right. Mm. 
So we could have had probably twice as many, but they were in a real bad spot. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, anyway. mine, I didn't even mean to plant pumpkins. I just threw ours against the fence and yeah. then we had pumpkins, which took over our yard, which was fine. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, they come back. They come back with a What vengeance. are you going to do for Halloween? <sighs> you know, Halloween, this is my second sad Halloween. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because I have an annual Halloween party that is not going to happen again. And Bodhi is uh, doing his too cool for Halloween because oh. he's 15. And Get him out here. Get him out here. <laughs> I'm going to give him an earful. <laughs> Too cool for Halloween. He is going to go to a dance, I guess, on Thursday. And they've encouraged costumes. So he's going to wear a costume okay. to that. But oh. yeah, I'm just feeling like, come on. I know. And I really want to have a Halloween party. I have all the stuff to have a Halloween party. And I haven't been able to have one. So anyway, I think next year we should have a Halloween party. We always had one since the kids were little, and we always had a huge, huge one. And last year, um, you ended up being able to have one outside. Well, we you? only invited two people. Oh, that's but, right. But uh, we did. We invited two people, and we did an outside movie uh, thing for the kids. They invited uh, one friend, and Arthur invited his cousin, and we set up outside and we watched a movie outside and had chili. And that was it. Was sweet. It was fine, but it was not you know, the same. And then we were like, oh my, when we got vaccinated, we were like, we're going to be able to have the biggest Halloween party. Yeah, no. And now no. So I don't know. I'm sad. I guess we'll probably just hand out candy to the, but we didn't get that many trick or treaters last year. Yeah. So I don't know. We got but. some, but I just put a bowl out last year and I probably will do the same thing. It would be so fun. We li- And like we live in this neighborhood where like it would be perfect to have like a big block party, you know, and invite and, and it's just well, like, no. And in my neighborhood, Ugh. people go crazy with the decor and they went crazy with the decor last year, like even more so. I always go crazy with the Halloween stuff. I've got a pirate flag I put out. I've got bones and rats and like everything. And as you might have noticed when you pulled nothing. up. No, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Um, we did the so same. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to put out my Halloween stuff this year. I'm kind of feeling the same. We have a big tub of it and I just feel like I don't really feel so like So this is it. what I've decided. And let's see if we can get the rest of the world on board. I think we should have holidays and it'll be on a rotating basis every five years. <laughs> Which all of them? Every no, single? no, no. So one year we have Halloween. Mm-hmm. One year we have Fourth of July. One year we have New Year's. Because I do like all those holidays. Mm-hmm. But all in one year, it's like you have to divert your energy too much. If you had once every five years Halloween, you could go bonkers could go for big. Halloween. You could go big. And same with New Year's. New Year's, by the time you get to New Year's, you've already had an entire year full of holidays and yeah. you've just gone through Thanksgiving and Christmas. Year's. I never like But New wouldn't Year's. it be fun if you did it once every five once years? Every, once every five years, yeah. I'd probably I'd probably actually go out instead of just yeah. being like, Well, good night. Yeah. <laughs> Same I, with Fourth of July. Yeah. Love a Fourth of July mm-hmm. every five years or so. I don't want to do something every year. See, here's why I think you think that. And that's because you're the one who throw throw parties. I'm an attender. Mm -hmm. So I love holidays uh, every year. But it's because I just show up. I bring a dip. And I'm like, oh, that was great. Thanks so much. Uh, But 
I also, I would be fine with a lot of those. New Year's for sure once every five years would be fine with me. Fourth of July would be fine once every year. We didn't do anything this year at all. We usually go to my sister's extremely redneck party, which is... Uh, That's the only kind of Fourth of July party there is in Idaho. Yeah. I mean, it was I mean, it's, it's full on like they buy a whole bunch of illegal fireworks. Her husband and the guy across the street always get into a firework fight where they're shooting it at each other's houses in this weird, very posture like, my dick's bigger than your dick. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm the real American here. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) everybody always gets way too drunk. And and that's that's a fun party, partly because we go... And then I'm like, all right, let's get the fuck out of here. At See, like I feel like I can count on one hand the times that I have been invited to a party. I was thinking about that the other day when I was like, oh, I really would like to have a dinner party. And then I was like, when have I ever gotten invited to a dinner party? Yeah. Maybe never. Do you not? Are you? Is it because you don't go? I feel like I used to get a lot of invitations and then people started realizing no, that I, I don't No, I feel go. like I don't get invited because people feel like I'm really particular and that I would like somehow they would feel like they couldn't like I wouldn't be happy or satisfied with whatever they're doing. I, I think and you, I think I it's not think true. Yeah, it's, it's not true at all because true. I would be so happy if you invited me over for pizza. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, just I mean, you come not to my house Caesars, and we're but, like, we don't have napkins. Sorry. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I've been to like your birthday party. Yeah. Um, And I think. No, I guess you never come to a Halloween. There are more kid parties, the Halloween parties. Yeah, you've come to my Halloween parties yeah. that were kid parties, but I only had like a kid party when Bodie was. I came to a, a I came to a pretty adult one. I think. Well, there were kids there too. I don't know. I don't know the difference. Yeah, I'm trying honestly. to think. Yeah, but yeah, but anyway. So what I'm saying is, I don't get a lot of invitations. Yeah, and maybe it's I'm because sorry. I'm a sour, bitter old hag. <laughs> Maybe it's because people don't like me. I don't think that's true. But um, yeah. I, it's hard to say. Like, <laughs> they who, probably don't like No, who's having parties right now? No, I'm now, not saying you know? that, like, but I'm saying in my adult life. In your adult life. I've thrown, yeah. thrown way more parties and had more, uh, invited more people than have ever reciprocated. Yeah. It's a, you're, a, you're a party thrower, I think. So people come to your parties and but you were saying I'm a party attender, which I would gladly, yeah, gladly be a party attender. However, can't also, attend a party you're not invited to. I'm also not though because I'm a a party. Yeah, 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 yeah. Last at the last minute, and nah, I don't want to do that. Like I am a party not attender. I guess I pre COVID I did get invited and I stopped. I mean, I I stopped like liking parties i think a while ago and so i like your parties but there are not very many i don't know i think maybe it's just that i don't remember <laughs> i don't remember pre-covid who i was did i like parties do i like you know it's like i don't remember what life was like now and now i'm like party what, what i do outside? remember is is parties are hard yeah and that i am so exhausted and i think i love the idea of a party and i love throwing a party but i hate going to my own party because yeah. by the end of it i have had zero fun because i'm so busy trying to make sure that everybody else is having a nice time and then i have to clean it all up and it's taken me weeks and weeks to plan and not that fun. No. No. Uh, 
Can I change the subject because I want to talk to you about that text I sent you the other day? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> um, just because I cannot stop laughing about. So the screenshot I sent you. So backstory. I loaned a man I know about a year and a half ago, kind of beginning of COVID-ish, uh, a pretty big chunk of money because he was going through a hard time. And I loaned him $500 and he basically never talked to me again after that. Like we have known each other a very long time and he like through comedy stuff and he was like talking about, you know, we always used to talk like on Instagram and stuff and, and we, he had been talking about social media, having a hard time. And then I was like, hit him up and was like, oh, are you doing okay? And he needed, he asked me for money and I was like, yeah, okay. And never heard from him again, which when you loan, when I loan somebody money, I always just assume probably you're not going to see that money, but it's like easier for me to just be like, it'd be nice if I got this paid back, but I wasn't like super fussed about it. I wasn't mad, but I was a little like, well, that's too bad that he never, like he stopped talking to me after that. Like we stopped being friends because I know in the back of his mind, he was like, oh, I owe her money. So I can't just like say hi on social media or whatever. And then the other day he tweeted that he was so, that he had paid, he, so the other day he paid me back part of the money and uh, it was out of the blue. And he was just like, hey, I had this money. I was just going to pay you back. And I was like, oh, cool. And I didn't want him to feel bad about it. So I just said, oh, cool. Uh, and he was like, sorry, it took so long. And I was like, no worries. Uh, it's perfect timing because I could kind of use the money right now. Ha ha. And then he tweeted that he was like, um, paid, paid somebody back the money I owed them today instead of just frivolously spending it. This is like what it feels like to be a good person feeling really good about myself right now for doing the right thing. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it was so funny to me. And it's so funny because just because like, um, just the, okay, just how oh i this is i that is literally i spent well, like 10 minutes trying it, to process it's just, it it's just that that old uh saying that if you have to say that you're something that you're probably not something yeah you know like if if people are saying like you're a really good worker or you're really funny if you're saying you're a really good worker or are you really funny maybe you're not yeah so. and, and maybe if you have to say it on like a social media platform yeah. And I was like, how low is the bar in this guy's life for being a good person? He's like, I paid back the money somebody loaned me instead of fucking around with it. But I'm also paid back some of the money. Yeah. Like, which he admitted. Uh, yeah. Which I was like, that's fine. I mean, you know, I it's whatever. But it was just so hysterical. And I was like, I, and not only not only is he like, wow, I'm such a good person, but he also is like, people are going to agree with me that I'm a really good person. And it got me thinking how um, this guy is definitely one of those guys in my life who I have described to other people as a really good dude. Like he's a really good dude. And, um, you know, I, I've been like, you know, there's not a lot of really good guys in comedy. And over the years, I've been like, he's a really good one. And I was like, after that experience sort of examining my relationship with him and I was like oh the reason I think he's a really good dude is one time many years ago we were at a comedy festival and I uh, accidentally inhaled the entire contents of a weed pen I had only smoked pot like one one or two times before and someone gave me a weed pen and it was kind of clogged so I took it I 
thought I was being really tricky and I took it apart and I was like, oh, there's a little like plastic stopper in here. Like I thought they had just purchased it and like, you know how like a mayo comes with like a thing. I was like, it's like that. So I took out the stopper and then I went and it turns out that's the thing to keep you from like inhaling all of the goo. Uh, So I inhaled like all the contents of a weed pin at a comedy thing had to go perform and he was with me and I was like don't leave my side like I need someone to please hang out with me and make sure I don't get into too much trouble it was fine it all went fine I was not very funny uh very introspective but um but then later we went back he took me back to my hotel room and we laid in bed watching um nature documentaries together and at one point he asked if he could kiss me and I said no and Jocelyn he didn't rape me (laughs) So he must You're be right. a, really, a really good, good really dude. Good guy. He's a really good dude. And I was like, holy fuck. My bar for men has been so low that this whole time I've been like, this guy's a really good dude. Never occurred to me that like actually asking to kiss you when he knew you were stoned out of your mind and not somebody who smokes pot. So like did like I was so, 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 so high. I remember thinking at one point that I was we were watching um weird wonders of the world which i'm saying the narrator has a speech impediment it's british it's very funny i'm not making fun of his speech impediment but when you're high it is really funny that he they gave him a show where he can't say r's or l's and he has to nail away this whole show uh with weird wonders and i swear the writers are constantly (laughs) fucking with him and he'll be like well we do whales and you're like they're fucking with you man you they didn't need to throw rarely in there anyway i remember thinking i was on the show and that i needed to remember my lines like i was very high so i was like actually asking to kiss you in that moment is not good dude shit like that's not when you try to find uh it's not when you ask for consent sexually from someone at all but for years i've been like what a good dude what a nice guy didn't even rape me mm-hmm. what a what a stellar man and then then loaned him a bunch of money and he paid me back part of that and he's really proud of himself for that so yeah what a good dude really good dude really good dude <laughs> i think that my bar for that has been so so low over the years like there's probably a thousand things like that that now that i'm like living with a nice man i'm always like oh it is amazing and we've talked about this before looking back on interactions or relationships that we've had with people and like being able to see them with a much clearer adult eye and being like oh my god yeah (laughs) like i had no idea that this person was serially harassing me yeah or or, you know that i was you know sexually assaulted like you just didn't see it in that light yeah you know or that the you know the the interaction was really inappropriate or, you know, like, why didn't I respond to that in a different way? Like, yeah, it's phenomenal. There's almost like once a week, I'll think back about some a person that I had a, a relationship with or somebody that I knew. I mean, so somebody had posted the other day on Twitter, like, what is the stupidest thing you got in trouble for at work? And I don't know if I've told the story before, but when I was working uh, in Tucson at the Botanical Gardens, my boss and I got written up and we got written up for having a cleavage contest. (laughs) Yeah. Did you win? That's all I care about so far. No, just kidding. Of course you did. I'm sorry. Yes, of course you did. Well, sort of. She had great tits. But a cleavage contest. Because they said 
that our young bodies in low-cut clothing were inappropriate for, like, the job. And there was a, like, a, like a maintenance guy or something who claimed we were sexually harassing him because we wore, like, a V-neck. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. This was not that long ago. <laughs> I thought in the 1800s. <laughs> I, this, this wasn't was, the 50s. Yeah. This wasn't the 60s. This wasn't the 70s. This wasn't even the fucking 90s. This was in the 2000s. I got written up by my boss. That's for having a cleavage contest and for sexually harassing this guy. That's he couldn't come to work because he was so harassed so by harassed us. and I'm just by like your young breast. And I just uh, like you know, I thought when it happened that it was really stupid, but now that I think back about it, I'm like I could fucking sue them yeah. for that. Oh yeah. You know, like what are you even talking about? Yeah. And and I don't know if it made you feel kind of like embarrassed or I imagine you had, you changed the way you dress. Oh like, yeah. Obviously, of course. You, you know, know? And, and like thought living about in it. Tucson, perfect t- turtleneck yeah. climate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my but God. But the thing was, it's like, I have larger breasts. Mm-hmm. No matter what I wear, I will either have cleavage or my boobs will be visible. You know, like in some way you can tell that I have boobs. Yeah. And I got in trouble for it. That, that I've always felt for women with larger breasts because there's kind of like no way when certain tops that it won't look like you aren't trying to like give it away. And men interpret like if you're wearing like a tank top, they're like, you're trying to show me your tits. And it's like, I just have tits, you know? And so they're just <laughs> like, here. Whatever clothing you're I wear, you will be here. able to see that. It's not, yeah. it's a Schrodinger cat kind of situation. Like if you're here or not here, like if the tits are, it doesn't. And I, um, years ago, the kids, uh, it was Calvin's very first dance at his school and they sent home um, this like, thing that a piece of a sheet of paper about the dance school dress code for the dance only for girls right yeah for boys it was like slacks and a nice shirt if you have them if not don't worry about it and for girls no shoulders no neck like no bare blah 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 no cleavage and um i wrote a letter to the school and called them and i was like what the fuck is this also it said remember modest is hottest and i was like the fuck is this shit? And the principal actually apologized and was like, I'm really sorry. One of the moms and her student came up with this and they sent it out. We didn't know like it was being sent out, but it was ridiculous because I, I even was like, so basically the dresses they were saying people had to wear. I was like, somebody with small breasts, like, could wear pretty much anything that they wanted but somebody with large breasts would have to be sure to like get a modesty panel and put it there and it's just it was so annoying I was so so mad and Calvin was really proud of me he was like bragging because I chaperoned the dance after all that because I was like ready to fight anybody who was harassing girls as they came in and uh afterward he was like or during the dance he was like bragging to people that I was the one who was like making sure there were tits at the dance and I was like that's not really what I was doing but no it's always it's our culture of uh not teaching boys not to rape but teaching girls not to dress so that somebody rapes them yeah you don't want to make them by the way though (laughs) yeah it's just ridiculous modest is hottest I was so pissed off that is exactly I'm kind of having the same thing I'm uh 
So for I'm starting this new project uh, for the Patreon, which is actually kind of an, the uh, the old project. I I started the project or the Patreon doing the Book of Holy Fuck as like all of this other stuff, and now I'm just doing it just as a storytelling podcast. So it's like all of this stuff that I had to. Uh, publicly noodle out in paintings and essays and poems. I'm like, all right, I'm finally ready to tell these stories. But it's kind of the same thing in writing down and telling and processing these stories. Um, it's been, I think, sometimes really enraging. And and also, I don't have anywhere for that rage a lot of times. Like, uh, like a story like that will come up where I'm like, oh my God, like, I was misused in this situation or this person was shitty or whatever. And it's like, you can't really like, you can't right now write a letter to the botanical garden and express that anger. Like you don't retroactively. It would still probably happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was, I'm sure there's still a a culture of whatever that is. Yeah. There. Patriarchal Or, or, you know, anywhere. Yeah. And, um, that could happen at your job now. Oh, sure. I think. I yeah. think you could show up to work and at your job now, somebody might be like, I feel uncomfortable that Jocelyn's breasts are in the room. You know, right. like a man could could put you in that situation today. Right. And so like it hasn't changed enough to complain about effectively and you don't ever get like retroactive justice. You know, like I was thinking, I was trying to tell this story. Um, I mean, I guess you could take it out on... Alex. Alex. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Maybe or your I, kids. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, no. I mean, I, I, I've been thinking about that in terms of of karma, and that's what I always tell Dave is that I really do believe in karma. There's been a, like a couple situations that have happened to me recently where I've thought, well, there's karma. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That should have happened two years ago, and it would have been satisfying to me. Yeah. And so karma never happens on your timeline. It's never when you're most gunning for the karma. <laughs> it's always long. You always have to play a long game of like uh, sitting back and letting other people figure out that you're correct, that this person is garbage. And which is or a, this situation is garbage or yeah. this policy is garbage or this flyer is garbage. Yeah. It, but it always happens when the sting for you is gone. Yeah. And so like now I'm just laughing about the cleavage contest because, of course, I haven't thought about it in 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> and then thinking about it now, I'm like, wow, I'm sure when that happened, um, I wanted to take that guy down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you know, I think too, a funny thing for me is, um, so we've talked before about how, so, okay, recently in a, in a, I saw someone shared a screenshot of, some people talking about how like I had reacted wrongly when told about someone. uh, There was a man who had been in the comedy community who had been accused of texting women inappropriate things. That man came forward, outed himself, apologized publicly, um, and then later like made amends privately with people. People were still mad at him. Um, but the general feeling seemed to be that he had like made amends and done the right thing. And I, after that ended up, I did book him on a couple of things because in my mind I was like, well, I'm not crazy about the fact that he texted people like you're hot, you up, you want to fuck type stuff. That's not professional and I don't like it. But also I was like, well, he seems genuinely, he was like, that was because I was drinking. I've been sober for a year now. I've made amends, blah, blah, blah. And 
um, the person I was booking p- things with at the time wanted to b- book him not to pass the buck because I was like, fine. Yeah, go for it. And I felt like he had made amends and people in the thread were saying I had handled that situation wrong. And I was like, it's so funny that they think I would argue that because I'd be like, probably. Yeah. I didn't even take care of my own sexual abuse and sexual assault. I didn't even protect myself in a thousand situations. You think I've, I'm claiming to have a perfect fucking track record protecting other women? No, I'm sure I've dropped the ball and let other women down as much as I've let or more than I've let myself down oh, over the years. A hundred percent. I'm like, and also that you didn't even, you didn't see it then. Yeah. And you can only see it in hindsight. And yeah. I, I feel the same way. Like I'm sure that I was abhorrent in in situations where i should have acted uh you know with valor yeah and i didn't do it but i assure you like i'm not unscathed like yeah i was i was acting way worse towards myself or not realizing things that were happening to me at the time yeah i mean i have two solid decades of people really shitting on me and me going like that's totally my fault for sure exactly like yeah i i did not see it i could not see the truth of a situation for myself or for the other people that were involved i didn't even know i had human dignity till a year ago (laughs) you know i didn't even know that it didn't occur to me till like a year ago that i wasn't just a sexual object for men to enact their fantasies on that i was allowed to you know uh, to not want to participate in that, that my worth wasn't tied into that. Like it's, uh, you know, like years and years ago, I was on a podcast with Jeff Tate and um, a woman, I won't, I'm not going to name names here, but a woman on the podcast accused, uh, I'm going to name this name, Doug Stanhope of assaulting her the night before and that she since then has expressed that she was really disappointed in my response to that and uh people kind of his doug's uh followers sort of came for me in a way they did not come for doug by the way i did not assault this woman he did and uh and i'm not going to say allegedly because i was fucking there and doug is not denying it either and but they were coming for me saying like, you didn't support this woman and you com- you claim to be an ally and you say that like silence is compliance and you know, you're in the wrong. And I was like, yeah, I don't remember what I said. I-, I know on that podcast, I was like, Doug assaulted you. I tried my best, in my opinion, to side with her. She feels like I let her down. I'm 100% sure that I did because the day fucking before that, I was on a podcast with Doug and a bunch of other people where they had me describe my own sexual assault in graphic detail while they mocked me and laughed at me and I just fucking sat through that. I just was like, Haha, we're making a podcast and I'm going to talk about my rape. <laughs> I'm a lady comedian. Like that's what the fucking industry expected and I was doing doing that I was talking about my assault and about the time that I had been raped but to create empathy in men who did not have any in men who did not care and I was trying desperately to like explain what it was like to be a woman comedian and all the times I'd been sexually harassed sexually harassed and all the times I'd been like assaulted and touched and groped and and treated like shit so that they would like because in my mind, I was so naive, like, they don't know. They don't know what it's like for women. And if they knew, it would get better. And, like, 
you know, Jeff was a very amazing ally on that both of those podcasts. And when this woman was like, said that she that I didn't back her up that there were two women in the room who didn't back her up. I was like, Yeah, fucking but so, but the sh- other thing about that backing up is I feel like I've been in so many situations where like, I don't have any power here yeah. and I didn't back you up, but I also was worried about my own job. Do I lose my job over this? I mean, I think that there's so, there's so much more nuance oftentimes in those situations where I feel completely powerless. I feel like it's happening to me as well. Yeah. And like, I haven't fought back because I stood to lose a lot yeah and i still feel like i don't have the freedom to say whatever i want to say in every situation even that like naming doug in that even even much smaller situations i have been like you know beat down (laughs) uh in situations for just barely supporting somebody and i've suffered some pretty severe consequences for speaking up and at some point for every woman it's like i got away like is sticking up for this person or is sticking up for myself or is just walking away like it's a really unfortunate situation that you have to weigh those things yeah you have to determine it you have to decide and a lot of times i've picked myself without a lot of dignity i've picked myself without a lot of loyalty because I stood to lose something that I couldn't lose at that point. Yeah. We're dealing with tiny margins in terms of things that we can lose a lot of times. And there's not know, another job out there right. for uh, a lot of women, you know, like there's not another like, opportunity. I, I've got 200 bucks in the bank right now. Can I lose my job? Can I lose my house? Can I lose my car? Can I lose like, what can I lose? Yeah. And of course, like I'm all about allyship and I all, think we should stick together and we should, you know, come up with strategies to protect each other. But sometimes you can't rely on somebody else because they're also not in a power position. Yeah. And they're going to lose too. Yeah. And I mean, I I don't want that to be an excuse. And I, and I hate that that's the reality of it, but also like who made this situation? Like, guess what? I haven't sexually assaulted anybody. Yeah. Not even one time. Yeah. Me neither. And yeah. And I, I totally agree. And I feel like, you know, it's it's interesting because I didn't have any agency in that particular situation. That was the first time I had. So you're in a room full of a bunch of loudmouth guys, not just who, not just the people who are on the also in a, who are also in a, a job. You know, like several s- steps of in front of you in terms of success and money, and I think in her mind, and I I don't want to speak for her. Uh, I read the thing that she somebody sent it to me that she wrote about this the experience and I felt really very very sad that I let her down in that moment and and not at all surprised that I did you know but I you know my experience of it was it was the first time I'd ever met Doug uh, I'd only been doing comedy I think she I was older than her and she was very brand new to comedy and I think she assumed I was like part of that group and a big a part of that like you know. Uh, I think maybe she assumed I was uh, more famous and powerful than I was when really like I'd been doing, I was on my first tour. Uh, I was an opener. I was there on an invitation. I didn't know anybody there. And uh, 
I also never worked with any of those people ever again. I've never worked with Doug ever again after that. It was a very traumatizing experience. Um, it's like asking all of us ants to stand up to the Wolverine. And I, and I did, you know, and also I used to not be very assertive too. Like when I started comedy, I wasn't very assertive. And in that, so like he Doug, I've never talked about, I've never named names of, on this before, but I'm so fucking sick of, of the like, not being able to because I like I am somebody who has stuck up for a lot of other women my in my career and I have like I my career has suffered so much because I I have named names and because I have like refused to work with abusers and you know like because I've like refused to turn a blind eye and I'm and like I refuse to act like Adam Carolla is an okay person to work with he's not if you're booking shows with Carolla you're a piece of shit he's a piece of shit you can't you can't open for Corolla and act like that's okay. And that's my opinion. And plenty of other women are like, I don't agree. I think you should take the work when you can get it. And I think that's probably also true. Like, I'm not even disagreeing with that. This is just how I have to live for like my own heart. But like we went, I, we went to this like weird thing down there for the Super Bowl, And I, the day before had made this incredibly traumatizing and triggering podcast about my own abuse in which uh, not just the men on the podcast, but a, the whole room is full of men and everyone's laughing and teasing you about it and belittling you and dismissing your experience. And it fucking sucked. And then the day after that, they asked me to hop in on a podcast um, as a woman. And I did. And it was because this young, this very young woman, uh, that Doug had assaulted the night before wanted to confront him on the podcast. And she did. She was so strong in that moment. When I think about that, her, her in front of Doug and all his friends being like, what you did to me last night was not okay. That is like one of the most strong, amazing things I've ever seen anybody do. And everybody was laughing, including her. And I get why, because we were all, it was like a podcast and we were all trying to like make jokes and keep it light, but it was fucking crazy. And I was like, yeah, but that was assault. And uh, it, the whole thing devolved into a screaming fest in which the other guys on the podcast, not Jeff, were like saying like, well, if that's assault, if what Doug did to her is assault, I did this, this, and this to a woman, is that assault? And I'm like, that's rape. You raped that woman. And it devolved. It was... It was literally people were standing up and screaming at me and this young woman and Jeff. And I mean, it was one of the scariest, angriest situations I've ever been part of. And um, and and then they didn't end up this and Doug's whole thing, that whole group's whole thing is like they put a, they'll talk about anything. No holds barred. And they didn't put out that fucking podcast. They, they got rid of it. I mean, they maybe still have it and I'd love for them to put it up. But they they were like afterwards, somebody pulled me aside. Uh, Doug's like assistant was like, that will never air. Just so you guys know, like there's way too much liability in that. And uh, that I mean, when I saw that the woman said, you know, that I was included and she was like this supposedly feminist comic, Emma Arnold, you know, said these things on the podcast and she was not there for me. Like that fucking sucks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was not there for you. I wasn't there for myself. I was still living in a world where you sort of had to like ask men very nicely not to hurt you. And we still do. Yeah, still do. But now I don't ask, you know, like I wish I could go back in time and be in that situation because it would be very different. I wouldn't be 
you know, my hands were shaking. My voice was quavering. I was so triggered out of my mind, you know, as a, as a, an assault and abuse survivor and being screamed at by all these big dudes, you know, I, it was horrible. It was a horrible experience. And I never worked with any of those people again. I was after that, like, uh, so shaken. There's one person on the podcast who afterward was like, I feel like I ended up on the wrong side of that. And we were all yelling and I ended up on the wrong side arguing for stuff I don't even believe. And every, but everybody else was kind of stood by it. And at the time, I remember thinking like, good for Doug. Like he knows he assaulted this woman. He's giving her her like chance to like, you know, to tell him how she feels. But like, no, nope, no. The whole situation fucking sucked. And everybody in that situation sucked. And I say that as somebody Sucky. who like, you know, I don't know. I just, the whole thing looking like, I have been in so many situations like that as a comic and as a woman, like you said, where like, uh, I'm having to like stick up for like basic human dignity. I'm having to like stand up for like the smallest amount of respect. And uh, well, those to be like above hey. you, those in power are doing none of those things, and you're just like a little mouse. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't, you can't. Or I'm having to be like, hey, um, I really like opening for you, but um, could you just not touch my butt anymore before shows? Um, and like the headliners laughing and I'm laughing, but I'm like, <laughs> but seriously, don't touch my butt. And, you know, luckily one of the nice things about being 40 is like, I would rather not work than have somebody touch my butt. And for a long time in the industry, it sort of felt like you kind of had to make these accommodations with men to work. And I think that that is changing. Like those men are being outed. Louis been outed, you know, like Horatio Sands, all these guys, Chris D'Elia, Brian Callen, like, those guys are still making a living and booking clubs. But at least now, if you're like, I don't work with Brian Callen um, because of the rape allegations against him, people aren't by and large rolling their eyes at you, you know, but yeah, fuck, it's really hard. And I'm writing all this. I'm like writing all these stories down to tell on the podcast and it's fucking awful and i want to do a comedy podcast <laughs> i want to tell funny stories but unfortunately most of my stories are and then that guy grabbed my boob you know and uh told me i won a cleavage contest so <laughs> i don't have any funny i want Which i wish i had funny stories awards that i have ever won <laughs> congratulations congratulations <laughs> it's just it's so i don't know i it's very it's a lot to wade through and to process and and it's constant it's like just all this constant every day there's something new to like kind of renoodle and be like oh shit well damn it i should have burned that guy's house down yeah when i look back at my blog and how um how i always made myself the bad guy yeah and how much I protected these guys who were trash. Yeah. They were really trash. I mean, the stories people would be like, oh my God, I can't believe that you went through that. And I want to be like, that was like 5%. I didn't tell you the stories because they're so humiliating of what 
actually happened. Yeah. Like I tempered it so much and I protected them so much, even though it seems like I eviscerated them and that I like gave out all their secrets. Oh my God. Not even close. Yeah, I'm having this. I told a story for the podcast and then after the second it was done, I told Alex, I have to redo it. And I couldn't figure out why. And then finally I was like, it's because I was telling it from his perspective as much as mine, Mm -hmm. which I was so frustrated with myself for doing. But it's like the whole time I'm like, I don't want you to think this bad guy is a bad guy. Like I was like, I'm still protecting this person. Mm -hmm. I'm still like, well, I don't want people to know this guy, this this guy was this sexist to me Mm -hmm. that he treated me this poorly that it was this humiliating and it's not it's because I don't I'm still protecting him I'm still protecting like his image it's not even because I'm like worried about consequences or anything it's because yeah part of me just like cannot tell the story uh without kind of being like well you know uh to be fair at my uh I was wearing a v-neck because it it makes you when I look back at it, I realize that it makes me culpable because what it does is that it shows people that I actually accommodated this behavior. I said okay to this behavior mm-hmm. and um, for usually like an extended period of time. And I guess maybe we do that because there's agency in that, you know, is that why like when I tell that story, I'm, I, I think it's because, I mean, think about the nineties, think about the two thousands, like trying to tell somebody that they were being sexist. And I think like the way you would be shouted down by those man show pieces of shit when we were younger and you would try to call something out has made it so that now when when I tell something that has happened, I always do it in a way that's like accommodating to the male ear in a way or like um, I don't I don't know, like it it's sort of it's already like defending itself in a way or I try to be more neutral than the story calls for so that it's not just like, well, you're just telling this only from your perspective, which is like, yeah, I should be. Why wouldn't I be? Why would I be like trying to get into the mind of this serial abuser to see like if he had reasons and if there was anything I did to to spur that, you know, I don't yeah, know what I mean, it is. I mean, Ken tried literally tried to kill me um like no joke took out the insurance policy and everything but you know he had uh a really hard relationship with his stepmom yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes that's <what> you know he'd been a, a, mili- a military brat and so he hadn't been able to you know form a lot of close connections yeah so he tried to kill me but here's some reasons yeah god that's what i'm yes exactly we're like god that's exactly what i'm doing like this story i'm telling i'm like i mean to be fair i wasn't perfect in the relationship either and it's like i don't know why i feel like for the listener or for the reader i need to make sure they don't side with me that they don't like me too much that like uh it's something it's something I've always done and I'm I'm struggling in telling these stories and in and doing this podcast because I'm like it's it is I think it comes down to for women it's never okay to be the main character in your own story like that is so egocentric and like it's never okay to to be a hundred percent to have your own back a hundred percent you know to just be like I support my decision even if it 
in the end pissed this other person off because it was what I needed. And I am having the hardest time not telling a story that's also like, I mean, I am a piece of shit. So I'm sorry but for like, that. You like, know? like just going back to what you were talking about, he's such a good guy. Two, also, I think we're saying um, there's a really, really high bar for us. Yeah. And um, you have to be self-aware about, like, the minutia of your life. Every little fucking thing you did or didn't do. But we give broad strokes to other people. Yeah. That guy is a really good dude because he didn't rape me. And I am a low to mediocre quality person for having never raped anyone. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's it is. That is. And I, I want to correct that in myself. I want to feel like I'm a really good person. And I want to um, feel. What you need to do is more tweeting about what a good person you are. Yeah, That is what I. That you're right. You're right. I to need bring to, it all back around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need to borrow money is what I need to do. And then pay back a portion of it and be like, wow, what a crusher. You know, like, uh, I guess, man, I don't know. But I'm really struggling with this project. And I even the other day was like, quit being such a little bitch about it, Arnold. Jocelyn's got 75,000 words on her fiction project. If she can stick with like a fiction but project. I did, I did have the moment where I was reading back and I was like, I fucking hate everything that I've written I've written 75,000 words that I loathe <laughs> but this happens to me every single creative project I've ever done like three quarters of the way through I I'm like yeah. this is very bad this that's is very the dopamine drop-off and you have to persist and because this is the point where I'm like I should just stop I should just quit like this is a failed experiment but I know if I push through you gotta you gotta just keep going or see what I do is just start another project so I have 75,000 projects that are three quarters of the way finished that I was like um I am bored of this because I just read this thing that was talking about the dopamine drop-off where like uh when you start a thing and you expect a reward you don't actually get the the peak of dopamine when you get the reward you actually get it about halfway through and then you have to finish the reward with diminishing returns of dopamine yeah. And uh, that is for a reward that's 100% guaranteed. If it's a 50% guarantee, you get double the dopamine, but also the drop-off is faster. Yeah. So that's what always happens to me is I'm just such a little dopamine bitch that as soon as there's no dopamine in something for me, I'm like, I'm done, I'm done. I'm gonna go start a new podcast. So yeah, it's, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm going to, to see this project through, but I have to figure out a way to tell my story and let it be okay that I am uh, an adequate and decent human being in the story. I have to figure out how to do that instead of just being like. Set a small goal. Smaller goal. Smaller, smaller, smaller goal goals. than that. Smaller goal than that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, anything else? What do you, what, you got anything else going on? Other I mean, than trauma and <laughs> loneliness and depression Yeah, and I was going to say the dopamine dropout. I feel like. This whole pandemic, th there's been no dopamine. And so now it's just like, it's just kind of swimming underwater in the dark kind of a thing. Yeah. So I'm not even going for the dopamine anymore. I'm just like, there's got to be something at the end. I don't know where the end is. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know what my goal is, but I'm just swimming, swimming, swimming. So, I mean, 
So you I got don't, that going. I don't have any reason <laughs> to keep going, but I'm going to. Good. Because I don't really have any reason to stop either. I had two days ago, I had uh, about an hour where for the first time in as long as I can remember, I felt I was like, I'm happy. I feel really happy. And uh, it's it was it was like two hours, actually, about two hours in the afternoon. It was just the the leaves were blowing around. Things were very sunny. I felt like depression, like pulling off of me finally. And I felt really, really good. So I'm hoping maybe I'm like coming out the other side of that. Like maybe I'm ready to stop being so super depressed and start doing whatever it was I did when I wasn't super depressed because I don't know I put on some makeup the other day because I I had a meeting or something and then we, I was sitting in the kind of dark living room with Dave and he's like oh you just look so pretty right now you look so pretty and I was like oh, I must be feeling better if I look pretty because before I've just been like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's no way I could look pretty and then I was like it's because I'm wearing makeup though. <laughs> Maybe it was both. Because he hasn't seen my face with makeup in like 18 months. And he's yeah. he's like, wow, something's different. You Something, look brighter. You look, wow. Your eyes. Wide awake. <laughs> <laughs> like, Fuck, it's the makeup. Yeah. And then yesterday I was getting ready and I took a shower in the afternoon and put on some clean clothes. And I was like, I should put on like a cute outfit and I should put some makeup on. And um, so that Dave thinks I look pretty. I didn't do it. <laughs> Good for you. Fuck the male gaze. I was like, because then Dave. I have to wash my face again later. I don't. I don't want to do it. Uh, I yeah. I was telling Alex the other day. Hey, sorry, we haven't had sex in a little while. And he was like, we've had COVID for a month. You can barely breathe. And I was like, it's that, but also like that we did have sex after that. And but like preparing for sex, I just feel like a. I feel like a bar of soap with arms and legs. Like, I'm just like, all right, let's go. Like, I just feel so like, it's not even like like a body thing. I just feel so, like you said, swimming in the dark, you know? And I'm like, and we had sex and it was lovely and we had sex again. And it's, and I was like, yes, I enjoy this. And I, and it's really nice when we do it, but like, it's, it's, it's not Look, it's not. You know what else it's is not nice? eating? Sleeping. It's not eating. Okay, it's not eating. Exactly. It's not smelling and tasting. Yeah, it's not smelling and tasting. It's it's pretty good, but it's not being able to to smell that peach jam. I mean, it is actually. It was great, but yeah, I would. I just and that's why I dressed cute today. Is I like got my fall clothes out and I was like, I'm gonna try to like remember what it felt like to feel sexy it didn't i'm gonna i put these clothes on so i could remember what it was like to be an art teacher at yeah. high school <laughs> something well, you're I've, nailing ne it. I've never you're been nailing but it. i can i can get the mood well, well i think that's a good place to end yeah me too um hey a quick plug for two things i'm gonna plug some things number one uh subscribe to the patreon the podcast is going to be public um, but, uh, and it's the book of Holy fuck, which we were doing before. And it's just going to be, I'm going to read stories and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's, I'm replacing what's next with this version of the podcast anyway. And then the other thing is, 
uh, people have been like, how can I help you financially? Like, should I buy your albums? Like, what's the best way to get money to you? Which is number one, you can Venmo me. That's the best way to get money to me. But if you're wanting to buy an album or something, actually one of the best ways, and it's free to you, to help me financially is if you uh, message Sirius and request them to play my albums, they will. And most of my royalties and stuff come from Sirius. Like they pay better than, like Spotify doesn't pay shit. And uh, most of my money comes from um, Sirius and from selling albums directly. But yeah, if you just if you just want to do something for free, just email them and say, hey, I would love to hear more Emma Arnold comedy. And then I get nice little uh, paychecks from uh, Sound Exchange. So do that. That's a great way to help me out. Thank you. And other than that, this was so nice to see you. It yeah, was so nice I'm to so be glad out you're of my bed. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that you got through it relatively unscathed, and you're coming back out of it. And uh, I, maybe yeah. we'll be able to do. We seem to be better in the fall about doing our podcast. Yeah, the heat was a little. I would rather be cold out here than there were a couple times when by the time we were done, I was like drenched in sweat. So, yeah. so hopefully, maybe yeah. we'll have a little more. And of I that. love it. It's just so cozy. Thank you for setting up. <laughs> this big boy right here for me and for making it so cute out here and thank you to alex our producer who uh only botched it one or two times or three times today <laughs> only made three mistakes and you know what that's great that's an improvement it's way less than we used to have so <laughs> yeah we actually recorded it this time because as far as here. we know yeah but. as far as we know anyway thank you guys for watching and listening and okay. if you have questions leave them in the comments and we will answer them next time i will remember to read them for sure so if you have any questions uh go ahead and leave them in the comments love, love you bye, bye.